This is not pornography, unless you're a tranny chaser. You're listening to Tranny Wreck 22. Podcasting from Portland, Oregon, this is Tranny Wreck. It's not uncommon to lose your kids due to being a transsexual. Trans blogger and activist Marty Abernathy can relate, and you can hear her story right here. How the hell is everybody? Today is Sunday, April 2nd, 2006, and you're listening to Tranny Rick. Whether you're listening through a stream on TransFM, MySpace, or TrannyRick.com, or you're listening through direct download or my favorite, podcasting, thank you so much for joining me. Let's get this bullshit started by playing a fun tune I found on GarageBand. The name of the song is... The Gay Pirate Song by the Bizand. Ahoy, I'm a pirate, a gay pirate, I wandering the seven seas. We pillage, we plunder for treasure men, and for booty that's free of disease. Marooned on an island, the plane cast away He was bronzed and passed out in the sun So we lowered the anchor and brought him on board Made him drink drug and blow everyone And we sing Yo, ho, Oh, 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 oh,
say on the poop deck Then I head down below With an old sock to polish the peg With a hook for a hand And a patch for an eye And an oversized wooden third leg Aboard a square rigger With a treasure of gold From a village we captured some men So we broke out the rope the wind died, the night came and then Last weekend, I had a conversation with Marty Abernathy. She is a blogger and has two sites. One is transadvocate.com. The other is martyabernathy.com. Both will be included in the show notes. Marty is also the co-host of the Radical Tranny Show, which uh, you can hear on the TransFM network by going to transfm.org or radicaltrannies.com. I actually did uh, two different recordings with Marty. Uh, I The first recording, which she makes reference to at the beginning of the interview, is for a piece called Tranny Wreck Raw, which you're going to hear in a couple of weeks. The biographical interview is about 43 minutes, split into two segments with some music. It's a really great interview. I think you'll enjoy it. As a matter of fact, I know you will. If you don't enjoy this interview, well, then you have no fucking heart, and you should kill yourself. Marty Abernathy, long time no talk to. <laughs> yeah, what's it been, a whole uh, ten minutes? Something like that. How old were you when you recognized you were different? Um, That's a well, fair, very broad question, and I expect a broad answer, damn it. Well, I, I am a broad, so... You yes, know. you are. Well, um, see, I never really put it all together until I was probably in my early 30s. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying trans, because I'm saying, you know, when did you start to realize that maybe you were a little different from everyone else? Uh, oh, when I was playing with dolls with my sister. Okay. <laughs> that was a clue. Now, um, now we're get now we're getting to the meat and potatoes. This is my hard hitting transgender journalism coming through again. Hell yes! Don't hold back on me, you whore. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were fucking the dolls when you were a kid. That's when you realized you were different. No, actually, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny because. Um, yes, I would play with my sister's baby dolls, but then, you know, I would also, like, you know, cut all the hair off of Barbie and give her a mohawk and that nice. kind of thing. So, so I kind of went both ways even back then, but... I don't think most trannies were doing that to the Barbie dolls <laughs> when they were a kid. <laughs> no, no. Were never you like- put- were you like a loner child when you were a kid, or were you kind of just the the typical run of the mill uh, neighborhood boy? Uh, um, 
you know, it's funny because I can't say that that that's the case. I mean, I don't think that. Um, I never really connected with with with. Um, I'll give you a good example, like like in the locker room, uh-huh. um, like in gym and stuff. Um, I would get make made fun of and kind of picked on because I didn't um, join in to your typical locker room banter. Yeah. Because it's, it's I mean, it's basically, um, but for me, that realization, I guess, in middle school um, really set me apart because I felt like that a lot of, of boys connected with each other in a way that just wasn't, that you something. weren't. That's something yeah. that wasn't happening with you. Okay. Yeah, and it's and it's funny. In high school, I used to get so frustrated because I'm bi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to get so, so frustrated because every girl wanted to be my friend. Uh-huh. And always saw me, and I look back at it now and I know why. It's because they saw me. They saw me. They saw you. They, they they saw the person behind the the male shell, the biological shell, and they liked what they saw. So you know that 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 makes a, a lot of sense. So then you were how old were you when you got married? Um, the first time I was twenty one or twenty two. Uh huh. Was twenty two. Now, when you went into your first relationship with your uh, first ex wife. You got him. You you guys got married when you were 21, and you had how many My kids? My son. Your son. Okay, your oldest son with her. Yeah, and he's 15 now. He's 15 now. <laughs> Time flies when you're 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 busy fucking everybody, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's and it's funny because um, I get asked a lot. You know what? Were you? I mean, he even asked me. He's like, "Are you pretty crazy?" Because <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of upset with his mom because um, she kicked him out because he's gay. Uh huh. So I mean, he's got a lot of animosity there. And now and now he's living with you and. Uh huh. Yeah. So did he ever? Did he, before he came out maybe to himself and everyone else, which it sounds like he came out at a really young age. Did he ever have any 14. problems? Fourteen. Did he ever? Did he have any problems with you uh, prior to that point? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, now, I, I just want to give you some context on 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 my first marriage. Okay. My first marriage was something that it was basically your typical um, shotgun wedding. <laughs> we. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 met in July, the end of July, uh-huh. um, and she was pregnant in October. Now, was this now? And we were married in November. You're currently living in Indiana. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay, so you're in, in Indianapolis. Technically, and... I'm in, in I'm in a, a suburb. It's uh, Beach Grove. So. Okay. Doesn't that uh, so, sound lovely? And and is is that where you know you pretty much grew up and where all your family is around in here? That, yeah, in that area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, 
your your first marriage was a shotgun wedding. I guess I guess I should know what the hell that is growing up in rural Utah. But uh, it, it's it's when you when you get someone pregnant and basically the father would come with the shotgun and basically say you're getting married today. <laughs> See now now I'm very familiar with that situation. I've just never heard it called that. I, maybe in Mormondom they have a different term for it. Who knows? But uh, so so you so that's so it's basically called poly, polygamy. Polygamy. <laughs> At one time that was very true. Uh, so, so so basically this was a, a marriage of circumstance. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it was one of those things where I wasn't in an emotional state that was real healthy. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I was just surprised that someone loved, well, not even loved me, wanted to have sex with me. Really? So so now uh, you were still socially identified as male. You, you know, so you obviously had a really low self-esteem. Was this... Mm-hmm. Was was this related to maybe some of the feelings that were going on inside, or at that time were there no gender issues that you were? Uh, no, 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 no. I've had, with? I've had those issues since as far back as I can remember. I just, I just never put it all together in that. In that, that context. Well, in the context of my gender, uh-huh. I, I just never, never it. The fullness of it, I, I always felt um, uncomfortable with my body. I always felt um, like no matter how thin I was or how um, good looking I felt I was as a male, uh-huh. I, I I never had the self-esteem. I always uh, felt like there was something wrong. I can definitely relate because uh, when I was socially living as a gay male I got compliments all the time about how attractive I was uh, as a male you know it's, uh, my good friend uh, Aswad commented on that on an email I read in my last show um, but yeah I mean I always still felt horrible about myself and I couldn't put it together when I was uh, in my early 20s either so how long did this shotgun marriage last? Um, about a year and a half. Year and a half. Okay, so yeah. not very long. And then, uh, so... It, well, it was kind of one of those things where I got to, um, uh, I got to know her, and I got to, be, I came to loathe her, the person that she was. She was intolerant. She was hateful. I mean, just, uh, all the things that I'm not, so... So that that okay after you so once you got to know know her and realized how she was that was like you know no way for you so you didn't go through like a, a homophobic stage when you were younger you were always very open to to people that were different from you regardless of the differences well and I even had I even had guys hit on me and it, it, it's weird because. Um, I never really took offense to it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like a lot of, a lot of guys would be like, oh, I ain't no faggot. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know? And I, I won't, I, I never did that. Um, 
But it, it just was something that I didn't see myself as even being bisexual. But it was, in my family, it wasn't something that... Um, was talked about. Well, there was a lot of repression going on. I can't get into any of the particulars, but there were some people in my family that had a lot of repression issues going on as far as queer stuff. And and basically, uh, I think there was some transference there. So uh, I was, couldn't was be re- anything. Was religion involved in any of this rep- repression that was going on oh, in your definitely, family? Definitely, definitely, definitely with, with one person person in particular that's uh, very close to me and in, in, in relation. Let's put it that okay. way. Okay, gotcha. Uh, your second marriage, how old were you when you got married for the second time? Um, well, I mean, that was two years later. Two years so, later. So, so you, yeah, I was like 24, 25. And uh, at this time, uh, you, how, how long were you married to her? Um, we were married seven years, and we were together for ten. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. so, so, and the voicemail we're we're going to play now is from her. Marty, it's uh, just finished looking at all your disgusting information on your little website, and your poor little pitiful you responses about and where who is not your child. Whatever your cause is, whatever you think you're doing, you're not going to see over my dead body. It isn't going to happen. So if you think you're going to move back here and everything's going to be fine, it's not. So you do whatever you need to do, but you just need to stay put where you're at in your own little queer fucking reality and stay where you're at and leave us the hell alone because does not need you. She is eating better. She is a happy child, and it's taken her a long time to get over the trauma that, all, that you have put her through. So just stay where you're at and leave us the hell alone because she does not need you. And certainly doesn't need you, and you are not his father, nor have you ever been. And how dare you list their names and my name and his name on your fucking perversion website. You're pitiful. You're pitiful fucking excuse for a living being, and I hope you rot in hell. For the things to say to you, you know, all this is about you, what you want, poor you, poor you the little victim, and all the trauma you've gone through, and all this stuff, you know, it's never about and what they need, and what they're going without, because you can't be decent enough to at least Leave them out of all this perversion that you're in. They don't believe, they don't need you anymore. They, they don't, you can't be the kind of father they need you to be. You can't do it. You won't be it. You want to come back here and humiliate them and embarrass them and make them feel like they're a freak because their father's a freak. I am not going to allow you to do it. You are not going to destroy her own personality and who she is as a person to know that her father is a freak. It's not going to happen. And if you think it is, you're fucking nuts because you are not 
going to ruin her. She is a healthy little girl. She's happy with her life, and it is not going to happen. So I don't know what in the hell possessed you to think that I was going to be okay with this, because I am not. So you ought to just save everybody a lot of grief and stay the fuck where you're at. I hope that you rot in hell for all the, all the shit you've done to everyone. You just... You don't care about anybody but yourself. You're, it's all you. Poor you. Poor you, the little victim, and all your fucking misery. Well, you brought it. It's all on yourself. Every fucking bit of it. You brought it on yourself. Next message. Received June 6th at 9.56 p.m. Sick cocksucker. Hey, I'll tell you what. You know what? You need to leave your son alone. You don't want anything to fuck to do with you. For your faggoty-ass, shitty ways. You really don't need to get him for his birthday, because, you know, he doesn't give a shit about you. So, fuck off. Leave him alone. You do not need to mess with him. He does not want anything to do with you, or your breasts, or uh, any of the hormonal bullshit that you're going through. You know, I don't like faggots. Never have, probably never will. So, uh, Leave your son alone. He doesn't uh, particularly care for your faggoty ways either. Talk to you. Bye. The the guy after that, who is he? He is my first ex's um, boyfriend. Oh, okay. There are a few quotes from uh, from your first ex's uh, uh, and, you know, I don't know her names, and their names were blotted out to maintain privacy, which is good. So I'll just call her your second ex. Uh, she she made a few said a few things in that voicemail that I thought were interesting. She said that uh, your daughter was eating better as a result of you being out of her life. Did she have some kind of an eating problem, or was she just being, or was your ex just being a bitch there well i mean you have to realize what the trauma that my daughter went through Uh um we were we were having um issues i came out to her as trans in 97 and you were in the middle of your marriage or how 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 many years did you get married at that point that at that point we had been married three years Uh uh-huh and we, um, she did real good with it, and I went through, <laughs> we went through this phase where she would let me cross-dress, and it was part of our, our, um, sexual life. And, okay. Uh, but then I got to a point where I wanted to do it more and more and more. And not under the context of when she was around. And uh, that caused a lot of friction. So you wanted, to, you wanted to socially do it. At first it was just like a big secret that she was okay with keeping. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think she was just trying to find a way to deal with it. Uh-huh. And, and we got... The thing is, we got to a point where it was okay in our relation... In our, in our bedroom relationship. She was all right. She... She was all right with it. Mm-hmm. But 
for me, it, it it became obvious that it was more than that, and it got to a point where I wanted to kill myself because I had this comp- uh, like compulsion, this drive, and on the other end, I had this guilt, and uh, believe it or not, I had uh, an ex- I would say a conversion experience. And Jesus healed me from being a cross-dresser. And I went, like, I dove, I almost committed suicide. And um, so, so you had a point to where you became really religious yourself as, as in an attempt to try and cure yourself, quote-unquote? Well, and for the most part, it, it, it kind of worked, um, <laughs> but not really. Yeah. And my, my ex saw that, and actually it's kind of ironic because... Um, my denial of that really fostered her being angry with me. I mean, I became really devout. I, do- I dove in head first. And I was actually uh, two years, for two years, um, you know, I was going to church and I was uh, studying and, and I decided... In yeah. August of 2000, that I was going to um, become a pastor, believe it or not. Wow! So you were totally drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, and I, and I, and I enrolled in Baptist Bible College here in Indianapolis. <laughs> wow! But that was in the beginning of August, uh-huh. and on August 25th, um, my ex and I got into probably the biggest fight I've ever been in in my life. Uh-huh. And she punched now she, me. she she was having a problem with you getting involved with the religion or or yeah because she, she, she saw she ahead. felt like it was she felt like it was and and she was right on this end she felt like that it was still an issue I was just expressing it in a different way uh-huh. because basically <laughs> it, it I understand the people of Exodus. Uh-huh. Um, that type of thing, because I was there. Uh-huh. I was trying to help people come out of being trans, and <laughs> um, oh, so I'm in. So you were you were using. So when you got involved with your with the the religious stuff, you were using that in a in really a positive way to help people uh, who had similar feelings to your own deal with them in the religious context. Am I understanding that correctly? But really not in a healthy way because uh-huh. because I was trying to pull them out of it and and Oh, you were it, trying to, like an ex like like, like an ex gay. Oh yes. interesting. I, I kinda went through that for a little while too, where I got involved with the the Mormon version of the ex gay ministry called Evergreen. Uh, <laughs> so, so I can totally relate to where you're coming from there. I, I was convinced that, and it was through reparative therapy. I was convinced that reparative therapy was uh, God's gift to all uh, homosexual people, because at that time that's what I thought my feelings were were homosexual feelings. I, I couldn't differentiate between you know gender identity and sexual attraction, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought that was the answer too, and so that's kind of something similar to what you went through then. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it was an experience that uh, it, it was, and and my ex pinned it. You know, it was it was I was just substituting one thing for the other. I was still, I still had the issue. It just I wasn't dealing with it head on. But, so that caused a lot of friction, and it ended up it ended up that we got in this huge, huge fight. And I think it's ironic that it wasn't my trans. Um, status that ended our marriage, or at least destroyed that that part of it. It was it was, it was religion. Interesting, because she wasn't very religious at that time. Um, I wouldn't say that, but she she just wasn't. Well, she wasn't down she was, with the way you were using it. Is that kind yes, of okay. yes? Yeah, she resented it, and okay. and and. I, I understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, what, what I don't understand is when we got into this fight, uh-huh. um, she hit me so hard in the face that it snapped my glasses in two. Uh-huh. And um, it got really ugly. And my daughter was in the middle of it. Wow. And Yeah, and uh, the police got called and they took her to jail. Wow, so she 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 just really kind of lost it then. I'm going to interrupt this interview like the rude bitch I am and play a song that I think is fitting for the subject matter. This is Baby and All by Three Blind Mice, courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. Everything falls 
Another thing that uh, I thought was interesting at the end of that very spiteful and and hateful voicemail scene, and one of the reasons I wanted to, to share those, and I do thank you for sharing those voicemails with uh, our listeners, is it really shows a light on what she said in that voicemail. I believe a lot of people that we interact with, possibly on a day-to-day basis, probably feel that way. You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's what's scary about being a trans person in our society. Well, you know, though, I for the longest time when I listened to that, it was, I mean, it was like, it was like pulling teeth because, I mean, I'm the type of person that I don't let go of love. Uh-huh. And and when people say things like that, especially someone that was as close to me as she was, uh-huh. um, that it, it took me about two or three years for that to be from you to be able to hear that and actually hear what because when I listen to that now, uh-huh. I don't I don't feel I don't feel any anger towards her and I don't feel any. Um, Really, because, well, I mean, if you listen to it, when she talks about um, about the kids, what she's saying, those feelings aren't what the kids are feeling. She's speaking That's what for she's them. feeling. Yeah. That's her, that's transference of her feelings onto the children. And, and the second voicemail uh, did that, too, you know, where the, the, the boyfriend of your first ex talking about how your son doesn't care for your quote-unquote faggoty ways. Do you think that was a little bit of transference there, too? Well, I, I, I don't know. I really can't say because I never met that that guy, but... <laughs> so so you know, he, he, he kind of answers... met you. He, he was talking about your breasts and everything. I thought that was hilarious. It's like, your son doesn't care for your breasts and all. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, like, like that's that's like what I'm, dear. I am growing breath. And, and I'll edit that. Your father. Um, and also, uh, the other thing that was interesting about the voicemail was, uh, she blamed, she called you basically selfish for wanting to live your life the way you know that the make the way that makes you happy. And, you know, I had a lot of that in my family. Uh, you know, my mom pretty much uh, said the same thing to me, you know, called me selfish for, you know, quote-unquote hurting my family. Uh, be, you know, and it's just like really the only one that was hurting from it for the most part was her, you know. And so, so I, I, I find it interesting that, you know, that's another method of transference to where even though we're just going about our life, we're hurting other people in the process because they can't, you know, accept the way we want to live our life. So. Well, and I think some of that has to do with because they feel like they're losing something. Mm-hmm. So, so at this at this stage, you you know your your son is living with you. Do you mind telling our listeners about kind of where things are at with you and your daughter? Well, um, basically, um, I'll give you the quick version. In two thousand and two, at the end of two thousand two, um, 
my daughter started noticing things. Uh-huh. Um, and my ex, um, basically she was talking to my ex about um, some things that she was noticing, and my ex was having a shit fit because... My ex had, I, I didn't tell her at the time that I had started, like I started hormones in September of 2001. Uh-huh. And this was probably February or March of 2002. Uh-huh. And I, I didn't tell, uh, I didn't tell her. Were you not um, full, were you not living full, were you not full no, time? No, 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 no. Uh-huh. And so anyways, I was, in fact, um, funny story aside, um, I actually I've been on hormones since 2001, but I just went full time um, in September of last year. Uh huh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't. I was like part time. <laughs> I, I was, um, but Mar- Marty everywhere at work. Mar- well, let me get back to the story. Uh-huh. I was. I was. Uh, I, my daughter started noticing things, and uh-huh. my ex said that without we had to go to counseling or I couldn't see her. So I agreed to that. We went to the counselor. I saw him uh, separately. The counselor? Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I told him, you know, that I had started hormones. Because um, when we were married, she had said, that if I was bisexual or that I was a transsexual, that um, that our marriage would be over. So I know she had strong feelings anyways. Yeah. And... Um, she specifically mentioned transsexual then, so she was kind of already starting to suspect it when you were still married, obviously. Well, we were getting counseling before we d- decided to divorce. Uh-huh. So, so, so I mean... Back to where... So she was, um, she, we had a joint meeting, um, and in our single, in our single sessions, the, um, the therapist said that I should tell her. And he did something that's highly unethical, which I probably could have gotten him in some trouble for. He, uh, my ex pressured him into telling, into him telling her. About your about you going on hormones transitioning. It, about well, transitioning. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. On going on going on hormones. So, uh-huh. so um, the 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 meeting that we had together was just horrible. She said there was no way I'd ever see again. It would be over her dead body. And those were her exact words. What's she got this? up and walked out, and and he became her former therapist as of that moment mm-hmm. because he said that it was more important for to have a father than to have um he said my my he said presence he, was more important than my gender presentation uh-huh have having you in her life was more important than not having you know regardless of what you're doing is more important than not having her in you yes. know okay yes. and obvious and what this is right around the time she left that hateful voicemail well um no uh, what happened was was i didn't see d- for the next four months and it sent me into a pretty bad depression 
Mm-hmm. And about that time, I got a job offer in D.C. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty pretty much suicidal. Um, and I took the job, and I moved to D.C., and then all hell broke loose. Um, she took me back to court, and through a series of fuck-ups from my attorney, um, I missed the uh, the hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I called the attorney, and I asked him if, because they had had, you know, how those kind of courts are. It's, they have continuances, continuances out the ass. Mm-hmm. And I was living in D.C., and so anyways, I was like, I called them, and they said it had been continued. Well, apparently he had another Marty, and that case had been continued, but mine wasn't. So the the end result was they said that for me to see Danielle, I had to to, um, present as a male, and I had to have supervised visitation. Oh Jesus! And the su- now, now wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. And the supervised visitation had to be someone that she chose, someone from her family. And guess who she chose? Who? No one. No one. So, so, so that was the loophole for you not being a, for you for for your daughter being legally taken away from you then. Yes. And losing custody altogether because uh, if she chose not to have somebody supervising your visitation, that was entirely up to her then. Well, uh, you know, I can take her back to court. Um, and that's kind of where you're at today, legally? And that's where, yes, yes. And I, I am at the point now where it's going on four years. I haven't seen my daughter. Because she has not... Found, ha, set up a family member to supervise the visitation. <laughs> She's so hostile that when my son, because my son, when I moved to D.C., um, he was mad at me, which uh-huh. I totally, totally understand. Because uh-huh. um, I do regret moving to D.C. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it, there's, uh, you can put it in your show notes. There's a, um, a story I wrote when I came back. Um, it's called Running Away, um, and I'll send you the link to Thank that. You. Thank you. But um, I wrote it when I was coming back, uh-huh. and she read that, and um, that voicemail was her response to that. Oh, okay, okay. You know when she said, if you think you're going to come back here and everything's going to be okay, then you're fucking nuts? That's uh-huh. what she was referring to. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, because we had talked, and 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 I, I was under the understanding that you know she would be, I, that if I went under these conditions, because I mean at the time, um, you know I really didn't have. I'd been on hormones not even hardly a year. It was it was right right out a year. Uh huh. So, but anyways, I ended up moving back and. I actually live less than, I would say, half a mile from where she does. But when my son was not talking to me, 
which was for about a year, um, he was talking to her. Uh-huh. And he, he would go over to her house and, you know, in the time, from the time we divorced, you know, he had a relationship with my ex. And I was totally cool with that and supported that. But um, when he came over, she would tell him, even when I moved back, I've been here three years. And my daughter still thinks I live in D.C. Wow. She told the kids, my my stepson and my son, that they were not to tell Danielle that I had moved back. Interesting. Oh. So. so so your daughter thinks that basically, your ex is basically filling your daughter with all this bullshit about uh, you leaving her, basically, is what she's done then. Yes, yes. Uh, that's That's... See, and I I appreciate you uh, telling us your story, Marty, because I think you're, and and this is what it makes uh, it really difficult uh, being trans, transgender in our society, uh, amongst other things. But this is definitely one of the consequences that uh, you know people have to face for just being ourselves and. You know, well, you know, I, 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 you know, I hope that the, I, I would like to believe this will all work out in the end. But you know, you have to well, wonder how it, long it's going to take. Well, and it, if you want to read my my take on things, uh, if you go to martyabernathy.com, then you can put that in the show notes too. Uh-huh. Um, there's a section on there called Monument, uh-huh. and it's just writings that I've had to my to to my kids. Uh-huh. Um, some of the things that I one of the things that really hit me was um, when I was watching the movie Cold Mountain. Uh-huh. Um, one of the characters said, "You know, you can't really go back and and um, change the past. Um, you just got to." try to live with it mm-hmm. but you I've lost something you know I've the time that I've lost will never be replaced oh yeah with I, my daughter I I, 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 I even though I, I I don't have any kids so it's really not on the same level the the I can kind of relate with my sister cuz I have you know I had a kid sister and we were just really close and my mom uh, separated us for a period of uh, three years, three to four years, and from that time she's gone from being, you know, a, a kid to a, a young woman, and the change. And you lost all that time. I yeah, lost yeah. all that time, and and the relationship, you know, I'd like to believe that someday our relationship will 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 be the same, but you know, it probably never will. And well, the the thing is, though, I mean, in this case with my daughter, mm-hmm. I really believe that that, and and I hope that this doesn't happen, but I think it probably will. And that is, once my daughter figures out what's happened, um, you know, I'm not gonna, say, you know, if when we go to court, I'm not gonna say. Are you thinking you know, this is gonna blow up in your ex's face eventually? 
eventually. I mean, I don't want to see it because I, I don't want to intentionally hurt my daughter. In fact, you yeah. know, there's, well, you, you there's, don't want her. You don't want her to. You would like to see her have a good relationship with both of her parents. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. and, and and that's um, that's something that that. I don't think I don't you know, know if the ex will ever let that happen. No, no, and that that's unfortunate. She is pretty much going to force your daughter to choose, and I I believe that that once your daughter figures out exactly what has happened because our society is becoming more enlightened and I think she you know every generation is more enlightened than the pre- preceding one and uh you know with that said uh you know I I think she once she realizes what's happened she's going to end up choosing you over her and that's unfortunate it really is well, and the thing is that's really sad is that that relationship that she had with my son, which was her um, stepson when we were married, mm-hmm. um, she told my stepson that he could always come to her, that she would always be there for him. Mm-hmm. And it was a lie. Yeah. And I, I think that, that when... When my daughter realizes the truth, mm-hmm. um, that it's gonna really cause—I don't, you know—I don't know how it's gonna make her feel, and I, I don't want her, her to be upset. I just want her to know that I love her, and that you know, every day that I, she's not in my life, it, it, it just—it gets harder and harder. You know, and I wouldn't be here in this in this state if it wasn't for her. Because, yeah. you know, it's not, cause it's not a very, but it's not a very friendly place to be uh, transsexual. Queer, queer, not, queer uh, for, for that. Queer matter. period. Yeah. yeah. Any, any, you know, it's kind of like y'all ain't from here, are you? You know, I mean that, that. Uh, I find it funny in a sadistic way. Uh, X number one's boyfriend call, because that typifies. Tranny Rec listeners, you can check out RadicalTrannies.com. This is the other half of that show. We interviewed Ethan St. Pierre in Tranny Rec 17, and this is Marty Abernathy. Uh, Would I be the better or worse half? Honey, you can answer that yourself. We'll ask Ethan. (laughs) I'm the looser half. You're definitely the looser half. I wouldn't say better or worse, but you're definitely the... You bring the whore into the Radical Tranny show, that's for sure. <laughs> Marty, I appreciate uh, you coming on to Tranny Rec and telling your story, and uh, we'll talk soon. Well, I just wanted to say, uh, Rebecca, I've really come to love and appreciate you, and I, I'm very thankful for your support and your um, just you being there for me. I really appreciate it. The interview you just heard was with uh, Marty Abernathy. She has become a very close friend to me, and I care about her a lot. I honestly believe that she will make it through the tough time she's facing and will have her daughter back in her life. Due to the length of this really good interview, I'm not going to play any voicemails or read any emails this week. So if you've sent them, 
I have them, and they're not going anywhere. If you do want to contact me, my voicemail, 503-608-7363, or my email address is trannyrec at gmail.com. Yeah! Hey, everybody, this is Brother Love from New York City. Guess what, folks? We got a gig coming up. Brother Love Live at Arlene's Grocery, which is 95 Stanton Street, between Orchard and Ludlow on the Lower East Side of New York. So do me a favor, folks. Tell everybody you know to get down to New York City. And again, check out Brother Love Live, Arlene's Grocery, 95 Stanton, between Orchard and Ludlow on the Lower East Side. Showtime is at 8.30, April 6th. And remember, you can always catch my music like Summertime on the Podsafe Music Network. You can also go to BrotherLoveRocks.com to get everything else you need about Brother Love. There is one Podsafe artist that knows how to work it. We'll go ahead and uh, wrap this show up with a little wishful thinking since it doesn't hit summertime until about mid-June here in the Pacific Northwest. This is Summertime by Brother Love.
Next week, we're going to start a discussion about religion and the bigotry and intolerance that often comes along with this. I love you all. Bye-bye.